Trip reports are always like at least a 20 minute Craigstone monologue. Our limited overlap might make it shorter or longer. Longer. It may definitely make it longer. Howdy, it's Thursday, March 26th, 2020, and this is episode 122 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? What is good? I mean, seriously, what is good? I yeah, not like not a whole lot. The casinos are closed. We all have the coronavirus. Eh, we're still here. Yeah? Fighting, sure. powering through the coronavirus. Sure. I mean, probably for you, at least. It seems like it's not going so well up near you. Yeah, everybody around here has it, which is, I mean, the subways and everything were running forever, so that's not that surprising. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel great, I have to say. <laughs> I'm just telling everybody it's allergies, but if you see yeah. me at the store, I would stay away. I, I actually uh, definitely had something between like Monday and Wednesday of this week, but it was all in my head and not my chest, so I don't think it was coronavirus, but... Yeah, we both had it. It was, it was very mild, whatever it was. It was just like any other cold or whatever that you would get. Didn't feel great. Made me somewhat paranoid. But luckily, I'm cooped up in my house, so nothing really changed. You weren't going to be able to get a test anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. No, it doesn't matter. Everyone is, is a-okay, though. So what's what's your what's your life like now? Because the, the way it's going for me, so I'm, I'm watching my kids every morning from like 6 a.m. or whenever they wake up until 1 p.m. And then usually I'll run upstairs after putting the little one down who takes a nap. And take a shower and log on work at about one thirty, and then I've been logging off at like eight thirty most nights and taking a couple hours of sick leave a day. Hasn't been the best. Yeah, mine's not that structured. So I wake up when the kids wake up, pour them some cereal, do some work while I ignore them, and then my wife kind of handles a lot of the kids' stuff because uh, she does a lot of stuff like really early in the morning, even before the kids wake up. And then mm-hmm. I usually do work stuff until like twelve thirty or one, and then try to pitch in to help more with the kids stuff in the afternoon. But then I'm like, you know, every 15 minutes I have to like run over and answer an email or like hop on a zoom conference call or something. So it feels like I've been putting in like 12 hour days. And then I actually look at my time log and I've worked like six hours because it's just like constantly interrupted. So it sucks. I mean, everything about it sucks. My suggestion to you is if you can make a more structured schedule, I think it's it's been much better for my wife and I than if we were both kind of trying to do that, like both kind of work full time and watch the kids. Well, I'm doing end user support stuff and it's, yeah, uh, it's so like you... whenever it comes in, it comes in. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's fair. That's fair. Good times. Our team of three full timers and seven half timers who are trying to get the entire college fully online. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we certainly hope that all of you are doing all right out there and uh, hope you're all staying safe. But I guess the show must go on. We have to give the people what they demand while they're sitting at home on the couch with nothing better to do than listen to some guys talk about Atlantic City. It's one time that it's an advantage that we do not record in the same location. (laughs) Indeed. Although I think that's very common nowadays. Although I just saw that uh, you can bet on that put out a podcast. I wonder what they did. Yeah, I'll have to listen to it sometime after I go back to work. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I certainly haven't listened to any podcasts either, so... This is going to be our least listened to episode, probably. I doubt it. I'm sure, like, episode four was our least listened to episode, but... We don't have any data on that. 
Anyway, what happened in 1922? So we sort of touched on this last episode. Uh, The first actual Miss America pageant that was called the Miss America pageant was in 1922. The, The 1921 pageant was not called the Miss America pageant. The winner was called like the most beautiful girl in the world or something. And then the next year they decided to call her Miss America like retroactively. So... The person who won the first actual Miss America pageant was Mary Catherine Campbell. She was another 16-year-old, so again, she won in 1922, and then again, a shocking victory for such an over-the-hill 17-year-old, won again in 1923. So she's the only person to win it twice. News. History. Yeah. Worth talking about. Uh, Construction on the World War I Memorial also began in 1922. That's another thing we talked about previously, because... We talked about uh, Atlantic City's role in World War One in one of the previous Look Back episodes. Mm-hmm. But the thing that we have not talked about is Atlantic City in 1922 purchased the Baderfield Airport from its original private owners. And I have to say, 100 years later, that investment looks so, so good. <laughs> I'm sure it was, given uh, 1922 prices. That's true. Who knows how much they've, you know, put that valued that on their books over time mm-hmm. i guess that's the real question right what taxable revenue could they have gotten i'll throw some other words out there that make it sound like i know what i'm talking about or <laughs> more likely that i very clearly don't know what i'm talking about that's eh, what the people pay for it's true you can ask for a refund if you don't like the content that we're giving you due for a refund <laughs> <laughs> we should have a separate gmail that's due for a refund at <laughs> gmail.com uh anyway we went to atlantic city a couple weeks ago yes we did go to atlantic city a couple weeks ago how about that it was good i mean it was okay it was it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't very good (laughs) the gambling was not very good no for you more than me but even for me one of my worst trips i think yeah do we want to i don't know how do you want to do this well you got you had 30 something hours before i even got there so what happened in all that time maybe not 30 hours 20-something, 20 25. Yeah, so I guess, let me look at my calendar. Oh, it was two weeks ago today. I left early in the morning and uh, headed up to Atlantic City and got there, I don't know, right around lunchtime a little before, and checked into the Caesars Ocean Tower, which I was super excited about, given that I had never stayed in the Ocean Tower before. And I'd actually heard some reviews, I think, in the past that it was pretty nice. Let me tell you, it was not nice. <laughs> <laughs> You should avoid. Stick to the Centurion Tower, I think, is is definitely my advice. So what about it is not good? It's just, you know, one of those rooms that it seems like they just need to totally redo everything about. I mean, the building itself was fine, but just needs new carpet, new furniture, new everything. Mm, old stuff. It's old. How's, yep. your, how's your view? Not good. <laughs> of nothing, basically. But better than the lobby at Caesars? Yes, it is much better than... Looking to the inside of the lobby. Nothing is worse than that. So what did you do all afternoon by yourself and evening and night? Believe it or not, I gambled a whole bunch. Although not as not as much as you would have thought, given that the gambling already was going quite terrible. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, I got in, uh, checked in. I went up to Ocean, actually, for a little bit because I had a a whole lot of uh, free play available to me. I played up there a bit. Mostly Pygao, and did not go terribly well. And so I headed back down to Caesars pretty early, I have to say. And so Pygao tiles or Pygao poker? Tiles. tiles. So what do you think about the Asian gaming area at, at Ocean? 
Because it's not, it's like sort of just in the middle of the casino, right? It's fine. I mean, it's kind of always been there. So, I don't know. You don't wish it was its own room like at many other casinos? Uh, it doesn't bother me. Like at Borg, it doesn't bother It doesn't bother yeah. me that it's out in the middle of the floor. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't know if you had a strong preference one way or the other. No. I mean, it's better when there's girls dancing at the uh, whatever, because you can kind of see it from, from that area. But at the speakeasy, I guess now is what it is. You don't think they ever have girls dancing there anymore? Yeah, I don't, Outside. I don't think that happens anymore. They used to. Yep. Way back two years ago in the open. <laughs> yeah. And certainly as as Revel they had all the time too. But uh Headed to Caesars. Headed the, back to Caesars. Uh oh, before I left I went to uh Jinbang, Jinbang at the Ocean. It was very good. On par with Kwai, better than Kwai. It was probably on par, I think. I don't think it was better, but it was very, very good. It was incredibly inexpensive. I had a $35 food voucher, so it was restaurant week. So I got kind of a, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert for $15. So then I also got a pot of tea and a fairly expensive sushi roll to go with it to just try to use all my money. But it was good. It was good. Cool. Then back to Caesars, and what did you do there? I gambled for a little bit and drank a lot and got absolutely slaughtered playing i think exclusively nine six jacks are better in the pie limit area so what's that two two bucks two, two dollar denomination so ten yeah. bucks a spin yep that's my machine i got just murdered so i went up to the room pretty early it was probably like seven or eight at Ooh, night boy. yeah so i was like looking around and i was like i wonder what i should do and i was i told you i was like Maybe I should go out to Ducktown Tavern because it's not too far of a walk from there. But I was already quite drunk, frankly, and <laughs> I was just like, nah, it's not a good idea. So instead, I just kind of surfed the web on my computer and I probably went to bed at like 10 or 11 and uh, woke up the next day quite quite hungover and certainly a lot lighter in the, the wallet than I would have hoped. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What did I do in the morning? Cried. Yeah, pretty much. Do you remember what I was doing when you got there? You were at Bally's, I think? Yeah, I was just at Caesars again. I think I just went back down to video poker and got slaughtered more at playing 9-6 video poker. Oh, yeah, because while I was on the bus, you were sending me, like, a bunch of pretty good hands, and I was like, Kyle must be doing pretty well. And then I, I actually I wasn't. got there, yeah. and you were like, this has gone horribly. It was a, it was a disaster. So. so That's actually a good lesson for people who follow other people on Twitter or see in the Facebook groups, everybody's big wins. You know, you can have a lot of pretty decent wins and still yeah. not be doing well if you're playing at high denominations. <laughs> or any denomination, frankly. I mean, I, I, I think I'm pretty fast and pretty good at uh, video poker. At least at Jacks are better. I don't actually really know any other games. But, like, I don't think I make many mistakes and I'm, I'm quite quick. But the problem with being quick is when it goes bad, it can really go bad, especially at $10 a pool or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you got there. Yeah, I got there and we pretty much, I didn't even check in. I got, I, my bus got into Caesars at what, one o'clock and we mm -hmm. threw my stuff in your car and went straight to Borgata. Oh, uh, so, so before that, so I was booked through Saturday, but I decided I was going to go home Friday night. So luckily this is just when coronavirus was starting to become a thing. So Caesars, you know, the casinos were still open and everything, like nothing had happened. There were no states of emergency anywhere, but they were allowing you basically to cancel your reservations with no issues so i just went to them friday morning it was like i want to leave a day early and they said that was no problem so only charged me one night of whatever the five dollar atlantic city <laughs> yeah. fee to so even though it was like one o'clock probably when i checked out 
So what? So Thursday, you posted a bunch of pictures of you walking around. Uh, by posted, I mean texted. Mm-hmm. Of just emptiness. It was. It was completely empty. Was it the most dead you've ever seen it? I mean, I feel like something that stands out in my mind is like I feel like I've gone in December, let's say, to Harrah's and like pulled into the parking garage and like I swear it was empty in there, and I was just like, oh. So I don't know if it can quite top that, but. For the boardwalk, I think it's probably the MPS I've ever seen it. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I wasn't there on Thursday. And by the time I got there on Friday, I was actually surprised at how crowded stuff was, given the pictures that you had sent on Thursday. But I, th- I mean, even my first trip, like I started going during the recession. And mm-hmm. it was like January, I think, in my first trip. And it was really, really quiet. And then I think we went a bunch of a bunch of winter trips in those years where it was just really dead but i mean by the time i got there friday and certainly by friday afternoon it felt pretty normal i mean borgata so we went to borgata yep we went to sunroom and there were like only a couple other people there yep. uh, got lunch at sunroom what did you think of your lunch at sunroom i thought it was terrible oh do, really? not, get the, do not get the cube in there it's not good oh uh, i thought my i got a cheesesteak and i actually thought it was quite good it had some like crispy onions on your, it the flavor your cheesesteak appealed or looked appealing my cuban was basically entirely unappealing everything about it and it was very small i think i said when i looked at your cuban that it looked like a slightly fancier hot pocket more or less (laughs) it wasn't the best yeah uh i mean i would i would try them again i got a cocktail called a sunburn that was pretty tasty it was like much sweeter than most cocktails i make but or drink but it was good uh then we played a borgata a little bit i think how did that go? What did we we played some face up pie cow poker? Yeah, face up pie cow poker. I had two hundred twenty five dollars of match play, so I had yes. nine twenty five dollar match play coupons, and I wasn't betting twenty five dollars. I was betting like forty dollars, which in retrospect I shouldn't have because no it commission. is no commission, so there's no reason to bet increments of twenty dollars. Yeah, so you're but putting like thirty five and then the twenty five dollar match play to make it sixty. Th- that's what I was doing. Yes, yeah. I was betting thirty five dollars a hand and putting $25 to make it 60, which again was not necessary. Should have just bet 25. But I ended up losing money with my match play, which is <laughs> absolutely mind-boggling. 225 bucks in match play. Yeah. And I lost money on it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Seems almost impossible that that would happen in PyGao especially. Yeah. That was my first face-up PyGao ex- experience. Have you played face-up PyGao poker before? Yeah, I'd played a few times before. I think it's mediocre. I mean, it's I don't think it's better or worse than normal PyGao poker. I just I mean, Pie Cow Poker is a game I don't think is super interesting for me, but it doesn't make it better or worse for me. I mean, it's, like, cute when you can, like, split your two pair and push because you were going to push anyway, but... Yeah, at first I really hated it because I sort of didn't like the lack of suspense. I mean, because Pie Cow is so automatic in the way you set your hands to begin with for, like, 90% of the hands or more. Mm-hmm. And the, the only suspense is waiting to see what the dealer has, but I think once you sort of are used to the dealer flipping over the cards first... You sort of just shift your understanding that the suspense is going to be more in what you have, which yeah. is fine. And then, yeah, and then you get the opportunity for, like, goofy stuff like splitting weird things that you'd never split or making a top hand that's just absolutely terrible but still gets you a push because the dealer has, like, 5-2 or something. But So I, I thought it was fine. I, I, I agree. I don't think it's any better or worse. I, I know – I think you can bet on that with saying they think it's much worse. Like, they do not like it. Um, and that was certainly my first impression, but it grew on me a lot, and I don't really see any reason to think that it's actually worse than regular Pi Gal. Yeah. I didn't bring this up, but I actually, it was in the morning before you got there, I actually played craps at Caesars 2 for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and it was an yes. empty table. It's like my dream. I love playing craps at an empty table. $10, you know, five times odds. 
everything's wonderful. So cashed in for $300, made one point on my first roll, and then five rolls after that, just point seven out. So lost that $300 in about 10 minutes. Well, wow. It was good. It was good. Your gambling, did you ever have a positive session the entire trip where you like sat down at something and left with more money than you sat down with? Uh, probably like one or two slot machines. Like when we played Heidi at Borg, I think I walked away with more oh, money yeah. than I cashed in. Yes, but you like, did hit a bonus very early in, in Heidi. $50 more or something by the time I cashed yeah. out. Yeah, I th- and I think you were up like a couple hundred, right? At, at one I, point on Heidi. Yeah, I was up. I was up to, yeah, I was up two or three hundred at one point. But, but you can't stop on, like, your second or third spin if you hit the bonus. Yeah, yeah, no, you have to keep going. I mean, you owe it to the casino at that point. You do. They, You are playing with house money, with their money, really. It would be rude to just take that and leave. <laughs> yeah, we played, what, we played some Heidi, we played some... We played 9-6, we played 9-6, uh, Jacks are better, too. Yeah, so I played Dollar Denomination, which is... I think the last couple of trips I've played some dollar denomination and the one at Hard Rock, it didn't hit me that hard, but at Borg, it, you know, for me, sort of leaving that early in the trip and then already being down the amount that I was down and sort of thinking like, wow, I'd be down a quarter of this if I was playing 25 cent video poker and I would feel much better about everything. It sort of made me realize like, wow, I, I don't think I'm getting more enjoyment out of the dollar. I mean, I like the nine six, obviously, but certainly mm-hmm. I'm fine being a quarter player. You know, I've been watching a bunch of, you know, vegas vlogs and stuff where they're playing slots at three three bucks a spin and and it's like oh they get these big bonuses all the time and i think that's the same sort of fallacy that i was talking about with you sending me pictures of these ten dollar a hand video poker wins where four of a kind is whatever it is um you know a much bigger payout and uh-huh. and so you're like oh that'd be so nice to have that win but like you said you ended up losing money these people typically end up down for the night even with all their big bonuses because the swings are much much bigger so i think i'm fine just being a 25 cent player Mm-hmm. I'll talk more about my my thoughts on all that later. But okay, uh, yeah, Borg. You know, I think we pretty much just played face up Pi Gao and some slots and some video poker, and then headed back to Ocean, right? Because Paul was going toward yep, getting close. And I so I checked in, got my room. I was on the twentieth floor, not the second floor, which was made me much happier. I didn't have a view of a big concrete wall. My view was actually very nice. Mm-hmm. What actually, when I checked in, there was like nobody in the check-in line. I checked in and I saw the person writing a two and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be on the second floor again. But no, I ended up on the, the 20th floor and that was quite nice. Then I threw my bags down. You and I went, did you play at all at Ocean? Yeah, I played a bunch of slots there. Well, yeah, you threw your bags down. I was playing slots for a while and lost another couple hundred dollars. Yeah, at that point I was down so much money. I mean, this was my worst trip. And I think it was my worst trip by a pretty fair margin. Like you said, I I lost it basically everything I did, no matter what, just was getting killed. I was quite tired because I didn't sleep well because I was too drunk the night before. Yeah, and I was having some mixed feelings about the trip in general, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, I was tired. I told my wife I'd I'd try to be home to to see her, and it was just like I need to get out of here. So when you so you had made your mind up to leave that night, were you thinking you'd leave like well? I, I thought I'd leave when you guys went to dinner, which was, I mean, it was like seven o'clock when I left, and yeah. <laughs> you, I think you had an eight o'clock reservation anyway, so it yeah. was pretty much then that I thought I was going to leave. Yeah, so it's funny, because Paul got there, and like we were down on the ocean casino floor, and he was like taking a shower, and mm-hmm. I guess, so I didn't realize that I didn't tell him that you were had already checked out and were leaving that night. <laughs> Uh-huh. And so when I was like, oh, Kyle's actually like heading out, basically he doesn't <laughs> see any reason to stay here, just to say like hi and then leave. Uh-huh. 
he was like, are you joking? <laughs> because I, he thought that you actually still had a full night left. Uh-huh. But So did you did you leave significantly earlier than you would have because of the losing? I mean, I think that that was a lot of it. I mean, I think I had like another $100 on me or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it was way more than I ever thought I was going to lose on the trip. So Yeah, so I, I mean, I'll get more into my gambling. So you're you're gone at this point. You're on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul and I pretty quickly, I don't think we even played anything. We just decided to go to Iron Room and see if they would seat us early, figuring probably not as many people going out as normal. Because um, at that point, they hadn't announced any closures or anything yet, but it seemed like it was it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We didn't really talk that much about, like, did we waver on going at all? And, you know, the five of us, it was going to be a five-person group. Two people ended up backing out, basically over coronavirus concerns. Was there any point that you thought you might not go? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I know you don't know this, but so we went on a, I left on a Thursday morning to go up there. The Wednesday night at like 1030 or whatever, like that was the night that the NBA decided to stop playing their games. Uh, that was the night that basically all major sports kind of stopped the next day like wednesday was the last day basically that sports happened like all the conference tournaments basically got canceled thursday or like some went until friday but i thought for a very long time thursday night wednesday night what yeah wednesday night whether or not it was going to be worth it to go yeah i don't know i wasn't sure at all if i was gonna go or not but once I got on the road on Thursday, it felt like the right decision. And in retrospect, I think it was okay. So, like, once I was there, everything kind of felt normal, and I wasn't too worried about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of just assumed that I would go, because I felt like just going to work on the path in New York City and, and being right. work was, like, more dangerous than going to Atlantic City. And I, I wasn't... Mean, it's a- it's the same thing with me, right? Like, I was going to go, if I didn't go, I would have been, like, at the gym in Washington, D.C. Like, I would have been, well, not Washington, D.C., Rockville, but, you know, basically Washington, D.C. I would have been, you know, at lunch with a group of people probably at work. And, like, I, I suspect it wasn't a big difference in terms of risk for me or risk for everyone else or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and for me, so I was, I was more thinking of it in terms of, like... Well, yeah, there's like less risk, probably even less risk of me getting it in Atlantic City than being the things I do every day in New York City. But I wasn't really thinking about it in terms of like, you know, it's not good for Atlantic City for a bunch of people from New York City to be going (laughs) to New York City, as we found out later, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, well after I got back that like New York City is basically uh, the U.S. epicenter of this thing. Um, You know, at the time we thought it was Washington State and maybe California. So the I think it was expressed much more clearly at some point later on that like oh maybe that wasn't the most responsible thing to do but in terms of my thoughts about actually going i was sort of like i was very stressed about it and i was wavering about it and then thursday night i right before my wife went to bed i was like i just don't know like how to feel about this and we sort of agreed like it'll probably feel fine once you get there and if you're about to be locked in your house for a month or something like it would be well, nice to be back then we probably thought it was like two weeks but yes yeah yeah we definitely now it it's weeks. clear that it's gonna be much longer than that yeah i mean i and, and again like in retrospect sort of understanding the reasons about like not traveling and carrying virus to other places uh-huh. where you travel like if i had understood that better i probably would not have gone the talk changed a lot it changed thursday is the From day that i think everything changed during that day pretty much and even i i got on the bus on friday and i I tweeted, like, I guess this is happening. Because I, I thought that there was, like, a non-zero chance that I would be on the bus and then they would announce, like, all the casinos are closing at 6 p.m. tonight. 
or some, you know, some crazy early time. And like, I would get, you know, 12 hours or something like, are they, all the casinos are closing at five in the morning on Sunday or something or Saturday. Uh, you know, obviously money is king and it wouldn't have made it. They weren't going to close during the weekend. They would have, they would have made it through that weekend no matter what. And then it turned out like Saturday night, everything was very crowded. Like ocean was crowded, like actually crowded. It was more than just business as usual. I mean, the distrito bar was closed and there were a couple other little things that were just closed for that weekend that I don't know if they were going to be closed anyway, but otherwise there were a lot of people there. It seemed like a lot of people decided the same thing that I did, which is like, well, if, you know, this is going to happen and I'm going to be stuck someplace for, uh, for two weeks or, or longer now, it seems like that they were going to go get in their last hurrah at the casinos. And that was sort of when I realized like, oh, they need to close this. Like if this is, if this is the way people are going to have that attitude, myself included, like, this is too much of an attractive nuisance sort of to, <laughs> to have to be spreading disease everywhere. But right. I mean, I think we're going to talk more about sort of all the closings and stuff next episode and not get to that this episode, although we've sort of talked about our feelings from a trip standpoint. I, I will say something I, I considered very much when I was kind of sitting on my, my laptop Thursday night, I was going to tell you we should cancel, like we should not be texting where we are. We should not oh, yeah. be trying to meet up with people. Like I, very nearly sent you the text that like hey we shouldn't be encouraging people to insofar as i mean we're lucky that we're not lucky in quotes that we're not very popular so i don't think like too many people base their decisions on whether or not we're going to be there but i i do think that it was probably irresponsible for for us to be kind of promoting it in the way we were so i wish that we didn't do that i think you know i mean i get to see you twice a year or whatever so like i wasn't upset about us going but i mean yeah i don't i don't think we increased the number of people. In no, the no, no, no. I, I don't. I don't think so either. Like I said, we're not popular enough, but we could have. We could be. Uh, back to the trip. We went to dinner at Iron Room. It was a limited menu. I was sort of. I wanted just the regular Iron Room menu, but they didn't even have that as an option. They had sort of the bar menu, which is what they have during the week. Even though, so even though it was Friday night, uh, or they had Restaurant Week. So Paul and I both did Restaurant Week. Between us, got almost everything on the menu, just because the Restaurant Week menu was pretty small. Uh, everything I thought was completely delicious. Uh, so I was very happy to be able to get, uh, an Iron Room experience. I actually think it was even better than my first Iron Room experience, which I sort of, I thought was good, but not like I wasn't blown away. I mean, it probably doesn't even matter to say what the dishes are because they're not going to be on the regular menu and they change their menu all the time anyway. But it's this like really thick cut bacon appetizer, breaking my no pork rule, uh, and then, uh, a steak and they came with the dessert, got a couple cocktails. There's something called the RNS Russian that is amazing. It's like a dessert in and of itself. And it's really, really good. Paul and I both got that. And I got a Manhattan that was also maybe the best Manhattan I've ever had. So good drinks, much better drink experience than when we were at Rhythm and Spirits the first time. And the interesting thing is the dining at quote unquote Iron Room at night is actually in Rhythm and Spirits. So we walked into the Iron to the Iron Room entrance that's normally a coffee shop and they walked us through a door and all of a sudden we were in rhythm and spirits and just sitting at tables there. So the iron room is rhythm and spirits. Rhythm and spirits is the iron room, I guess. Uh, but it was a very good dinner. We hung out there for a while, got a couple of drinks, um, ate some good food, felt good about ourselves and walked back to ocean. And once we were at ocean, we actually met up with two people, Carrie and Joe, who we'd met before. They were at the golden nuggets meetup, uh, that, Ed sort of organized a couple of years ago. It's probably more oh, than a couple right, years right, ago right. at this point. Uh, they got a couple t-shirts. We ended up playing some various slots with them for a little while and then heading over to Villain and Saint to get a couple of drinks and listen to some music. 
another cover band. I was feeling pretty good about life at that point. A few drinks in. Both my drinks at Villain and Saint. My cocktail was like not amazing. Like too watery. And then the beer I got was Course and Donk Christmas Ale, but it was March 13th. And probably that's too late for Course and Donk Christmas Ale. <laughs> it definitely, definitely tasted like it had been there for a while. So, um, but Villain and Saint, I still like Villain and Saint a lot for like atmosphere. I think their food is very good. And then I think we wandered around a bit more and played some more slots. Tried to play some video poker. I popped over to the William Hill bar and sat down. I need to just not think that the William Hill sportsbook bar exists because it is horrible. Like everything about it sucks. The drinks are bad. What is comped is bad. It's the ceiling's low and it's so smoky. There's just nowhere for the smoke to go and it doesn't escape. The video poker pay tables are not good. Uh, and the service is just horrendous. Like I could not get the bartender's attention to save my life. For me, one of the things that I really like about a casino trip is sort of ending the night playing video park poker at a cool place and getting some drinks, preferably at a video poker bar. And just Ocean does not offer that as a good option. And they have a sort of adequate option at 1927, but that was not – the bar was closed there. So you could play at the machine, but you couldn't get a drink. Uh So I don't know. I think it's a big, big downer for me about Ocean that that bar sucks so bad. Um Paul went to bed. I ended up going to – Get gelato at Rocco's, which was fine. I didn't throw it up, which is always good. Uh, and then, you know, went to bed at like 2.30, woke up at the exact minute that my alarm normally goes off at home. Uh, so I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. I think I got like four hours of sleep or something, which kind of sucks. And then we were kind of debating about what to do about breakfast. Like, do we want to get a big breakfast or try to go get lunch somewhere? And ended up just walking back to Iron Room. So we went to Iron Room and got coffee and... Uh, breakfast sandwiches, which were pretty good, and sat there for a little bit, walked back to Ocean and decide, decided to play a little bit before heading out, or before heading to lunch, and played some more slots. Actually, I decided not to put my card in, I played on Paul's card. And I was, again, like like you, I was down to 100 bucks at that point, and I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to slow play some slots of video poker and see how this goes, and then if I end up with a little money left, I'll go throw it on a craps game. Um, so we played... Some buffalo slots and a couple other things. And I ended up, I don't know, I think I had like 120 bucks. I think I ended up up like 20 bucks and decided, okay, let's go play some craps. So then that was when we found $10 craps with only one other couple on it. They quickly sevened out. So it was just me and Paul and it was like up at the start, at the very start. And then just immediately like down, down, down. I mean, I got a decent amount of time for my 100 bucks considering it was only 100 bucks. And then Paul switched to the don't and ended up rallying slightly. And then even from the don't ended up, he was the only shooter at that point. So he was rolling from the don't and even he ended up losing all his money from the don't. So not a good crap session, but glad I played a little bit of craps on the trip. Uh, and then at that point we headed to Wingcraft for lunch and parked at the Applebee's. You can park at the Applebee's and they will validate your parking at Wingcraft. And then you can go and they'll give you your 10 bucks back once you, <laughs> you go to leave. So we ate at Wingcraft. Uh, beer list still incredibly impressive. The burger I had, I was much more impressed by the burger the first time I went to Wing Wingcraft than this time, but I don't know if it's just that I ordered a less impressive burger. Uh, and then we hit the road and Paul dropped me off at the Philly train station and I went home. That's the trip. Nice. They would not, one thing, they, they would not let us gamble on the same card unless I was just, you know, unless we were just like combining money on craps, which I think is pretty normal. They won't let you do it. If you're play playing the pass and he's playing the don't, that's usually when they crack down on it. No, before we even bought in, I just asked if I could play on his card and they said no. That's weird. Eh, it's Ocean. Yeah. 
Oh, and before we left, we stopped at Little Water. Little Water. I can't say Little Water. We stopped at Little Water Distillery, and I grabbed a bottle of the new Rusted Revolver Gin. Made a cocktail with it that night, which was excellent. One of my favorite cocktails to make is a bee's knees, which is just gin, lemon juice, and honey syrup. And I made side-by-side Plymouth, which is a very good gin, and Rusted Revolver. And my wife and I both agreed Rusted Revolver made the better bee's knees. So I highly recommend, if you're a gin person at all, uh, try the Rusted Revolver gin. It was 31 bucks for the bottle. And it's the thing that I really like about it is it's not really juniper forward like other gins. It's like a little bit citrusy and has some mm-hmm. other botanicals in it. Uh, so it's not like sucking on one of those pine tree air fresheners. Uh, I don't think I'd like that. I mean, I'm not like the biggest gin fan, but the juniper is like the only reason I, I drink it. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think that's the. I'm interested to make like gin and tonics and stuff with it because I expect it will make a mean gin and tonic, but. Uh-huh. I really like it. I was actually, I was sipping on it while I was making the first cocktail made with it, and I was surprised at how drinkable it was. Just neat. Uh, gin and tonics are are good. I have to say, not like gin and club, which is just terrible. <laughs> Who would order a gin and club? <laughs> back when I was both an alcoholic and also trying to be a little bit healthy, I'd be like, yeah, tonic's not that good for you. Maybe I'll have club. <laughs> it's, it just wasn't good back in the college days. So that's your great shame. <laughs> so my shame is i went and i bought it and then later like as i was leaving i tweeted like stopped at little water with like a picture of, of the gin i bought and a couple of pictures of the inside and i get home and i see a tweet uh, from little water distillery like dude why didn't you say that you were from like who you were and i, I don't know i always feel like it's very presu- presumptuous to be like yes we have a podcast but i mean really it's just Only promotional right like hey we have a podcast in the ocean pit <laughs> do we do that yeah. Because I don't want to come off like you should. Obviously, you should know who I am. I mean, <laughs> uh, but I mean, in retrospect, that's stupid because you can still say like, "Hey, I really like your stuff." I happen to have a podcast called Do For Wit, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't. And Route Forty tweeted at us. They seemed to think it was funny. Uh, <laughs> they always do. So I don't know. I I do. That's definitely my my favorite little water uh, libation or whatever little water liquor that I've had so far. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I was talking to Paul about. After this trip, as I was down already, like most of my bankroll for the trip, was mm-hmm. do I have Atlantic City fatigue, ocean fatigue, because this was my third trip in a row where I stayed at ocean, or just losing fatigue because it was my fourth losing trip in a row. You know, it's one thing if you lose like less than a hundred bucks or less than a hundred bucks a night because you sort of like, yeah, that's even basically, but like losing more than I'm maybe used to losing in a trip. And it's kind of rough because it's like, you know, we do an Atlantic City podcast. I've always, you know, we've joked that we're two of the people who are most excited to go to Atlantic City of anyone who goes to Atlantic City ever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the last couple of trips I've really left, not left, but like gotten home and sort of thought like, Ugh, that wasn't great. Like there are things about it that were amazing. But like as an overall trip, is this really better than doing something else? And that sucks. And then usually what ends up happening is that after a couple of days, I get over it and I'm like, oh, I really want to go to Atlantic City again. But this was the first trip I think I've had that feeling like at a, a point during the trip. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot of the same thing. I think it's probably a couple different things. I mean, I think some of the problem for me is that like I tend to only be able to go on like a time schedule that's different than everyone else. So I tend to be there quite a bit alone and though you know we joke all the time about how much i love gambling i have to say like i think i'm at a point in my life where just like gambling for the sake of gambling does not have the same allure it once did i mean back when i lived in arizona it was you know i'd go to the casino 
not regularly, but you know, semi-regularly at least, uh, periodically just on my own. I went to Vegas on my own, uh, just because it's, it's a thing I enjoyed. And now, you know, I live 15 minutes from Maryland live, let's say, and 25 minutes from Horseshoe. And, you know, I never, ever, ever, ever go to either of them. So I think gambling doesn't quite have the same allure for me as it as it used to, and so it's really becomes a trip about hanging out with people, and like I don't get to do a lot of that just because I tend to be able to go more during the week when you can't go, and so I, I think that's part of it for me. Like a big part of why we end up in Lanny City, anyways, is like it's between us, right? Like mm-hmm. that was a big part of why we ended up going, I think, as often as we did after the first time I went. And so so afterwards, I was definitely thinking about, well, where would we go instead, right? Like, would we just go to Philadelphia? And so I was thinking, like, I like Philadelphia. There's good restaurants like, and bars. But that's and, obviously ridic- ridiculous, right? Like, why would I go to Philadelphia when I can go to Atlantic City? Like, that doesn't make right. sense. Of course, right? There is no no reason. And, and I, But I, I do agree with you. Like, I've never been somebody who, like, needs action, right? Like, the gambling was sort of titillating when I first started it. And it's like, oh, you, you know, I'm doing something that's, you know, my parents wouldn't approve of. Uh, <laughs> as I don't think was the case for you. But before this this last run of bad, of like, four trips in a row, that have, it's over the course of two years, right? Because we haven't been going that often. Uh, or, like, a year and a half of bigger losses. Like, I had mostly pretty even trips like within $100 a night, plus or minus. And then I had one really big win that was like, well, for me, really big win, almost $1,000. And then, and then a trip that was like minus, that like losing almost all that. You can, uh, not almost all that, but. <laughs> I, I was going to say, if you, if you lost $1,000 in a trip, I would be absolutely shocked. No, no. I mean, like half of that. But, <laughs> and you justify that by being like, well, I won this all last trip. Like, right, like the money's from the previous trip. You didn't have to go to the bank at any point. But when you have just, like, four losing trips in a row that are more than you're used to, it it sort of drains you a little bit more and makes you think, like, oh, that really sucks. Whereas even, like, when, you, when you're sort of, like, alternating winning and losing, it's much easier to say, like, oh, well, Atlantic City is very cheap because the hotel is free or very cheap. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you might lose money, but you might win money. And when you have a bunch of trips in a row where it no longer seems like you might win money... All of a sudden, it's like, well, why am I going to Atlantic City? Because like, it's not cheaper if I'm going to lose however much money. So that's that's a big part of it. I think probably the biggest thing that is sort of creating this fatigue is is just losing, right? Yeah. Like, I think if I had a trip where I went and I even like lost less than hundred bucks, which I had a, I like probably most of my trips to Atlantic City have been these like hundred fifty dollars or less lost trips. Like those trips feel like break even. And that feels good. Like when you leave and you're like, oh, yeah, I gambled. I had fun and I only lost 50 bucks. Or I only lost 75 bucks. Like that feels really good, even though it's not winning for me, at least. Because I'm like I said, I'm like not somebody who just like needs action. And it's like I need to win big or lose big. Like that's not just the way I'm wired at all. So I think that's a big part of it. And I think another part of it is like going to Ocean three times in a row. Like you, we joke about all the time. I like to wander around. Ocean is like not that fun to wander around in. I like Ocean. I think it's very nice. It has good restaurants. It's interesting. It looks nice. But, like, it's not fun to just, like, wander in. Uh, I'll take a a more controversial stance and say that I spent quite a bit of time at Ocean this trip. I spent part of both my days at Ocean, and I do not like Ocean. Just the vibe? Yeah, that's it, right? Like, you you look at all the the parts, and I've probably said this before, but, you know, like, the restaurants are very nice. Like I said, Jinbang is very good. You know, the rooms are very nice. Like... My experience, like, physically with the dealers, like, 
tend to be yeah. good and like I don't have any problems with like any of it but like somehow it doesn't make a cohesive whole and like when I think about the property like I don't have a good feeling that comes to me so, so I was talking to Paul about that sense and like why do I like just wandering around hard rock or Borgata more than I like wandering around ocean like I'll go I'll go farther like legitimately like I enjoyed my time even though I lost a lot more money there at like Caesars and Bally's like way better than I did at ocean wow <laughs> like I, I would much rather spend time at, at Caesars and Mallies. So so to me, like Ocean, there are things about it that I really like. And and even the wandering around, like as I thought about it more, I was like, well, you know, the lobby level is gorgeous. And if you can go up there and sit and have a drink and like take a break from the gambling, like that's a good way to do that, or sit by the fire pits or whatever. But when you're on the casino floor, all that stuff feels so separate. The shopping, which, you know, isn't that there's not that much there, like feels very separate. Even the restaurants feel very separate. The and then the lobby, you've like got to go up to an escalator. And, and so you don't even think to do it because it's not connected at all. And so it's funny because it was sort of built as this resort where the gambling can be extremely secondary. Like you could never set foot on the casino floor if you don't want to. But in an odd way, like I felt more sucked into the casino floor once I was there than I do at any of the other casinos in Atlantic City because it's not so easy just to hop off the casino floor and go do the other things that look interesting. Whereas, you know, Borgata's, everything's just on that one level. Like, if you want to go anywhere, it's like an offshoot of the casino floor and you pop off into the, like, sort of exterior walkways and, and you're going to, to anything else at Borgata. Mm -hmm. And even the wandering, like, there's something about Caesars having Caesars Valley's Wild Wild West, and a lot of that's just nostalgia for me, but, like, being able to sort of do that wander, that walk, like, adds something to the experience that Ocean just, like, doesn't have for some reason. So, like, even though objectively I think Ocean's a very nice property, I think I need to not stay there my next trip. Like, I can't – it's not a place that you should make your home and stay at all the time if you don't specifically no. love Ocean. Because, like, to me, there's just not enough to draw my attention. Because, I like, what I want is to wander around. Like, that's what I look forward to is just, like, looking around at stuff and being like, that's cool, that's cool. And, like, Hard Rock has that in spades with all the, the memorabilia and stuff. And, like, even the upstairs you can kind of wander around. There's more memorabilia upstairs, like, not even around the casinos. And it's very obvious, like – Things usher you sort of to the upstairs, like the big guitar chandelier escalator. And so like Ocean doesn't have any of that. Like everything, I don't know. Yeah, the, I think that's that's a big part of it. Again, I don't think that's as big a part of it as the losing. <laughs> uh, but I, th I think it gives me fixable things to think about. So like one, next trip, don't stay at Ocean. <laughs> like stay somewhere else because there are other places that I, I think I would prefer to just do my my wandering around. And sort of maybe related to that is like, be more cognizant of getting into this loop where you're just like sitting a machine, putting some money in, losing it, and then immediately just thinking about like, oh, what other machine can I go to? Or like, what other table can I sit at? Because like, that's not where I get my enjoyment out of my yeah. Atlantic studio. Like, I like doing that, but I like, I like doing that for a very short amount of time. And when I get sucked into that for like three or four hours at a time, even with the break for Villain and Saint, like, it's still that night was like massively gambling focused. And I think the way to do it, honestly, is just to bring less money and to make it stricter for myself that, like, there's non-casino stuff that I want to do. I'm going to force myself by knowing that I have a small bankroll and to, like, do some of this other stuff, whether it's, like, go get sitting and get a drink or, or and paying for a drink, which I know is, like, complete blasphemy to a lot of gamblers, but... Uh, or, you know, wandering around someplace or like popping to a different casino and walking around and wandering around like resorts or whatever it is, depending on where I'm staying or walking all the way down to Tropicana. 
It was, but it, I mean, it was a sucky thing to have to think about of like this feeling of like, well, I didn't love that trip. And obviously there were extraneous things that are happening around this trip, but it was nice to come out of that with like, okay, there are very fixable things here. And I'm already like really excited to like enact those in my next trip, whether I do or not. We'll see. <laughs> I do have to say for me, I think part of the reason I didn't really enjoy this trip that much either is I do think all the, the news and stuff affected me to some level i will tell you i played a lot more machines than i usually do i mean i'm usually primarily a table games player and i was not on this trip and i don't really enjoy playing yeah. machines too much but I, I think i wanted to try to avoid people at, at some level i think subconsciously yeah so i ended up just playing machines a lot more and i don't love playing machines i mean you you know that i play by far more table games than machines and and i didn't on this trip so yeah, I mean, for me, it's more like a multi-trip thing, I think, of, like, I sort of feel like I found myself getting sucked more into seaminess. And even before it was Ocean, it was, like, I was sort of looking back at my trip logs, like, I had multiple Hard Rock trips in a row. But, like, after three Hard Rock trips in a row, I was like, I my thought was still, like, I love Hard Rock. It wasn't, like, I should stay somewhere else. But, yeah, definitely next trip, I think. I need to... Harris. Force myself out of, out of Ocean. Trip. Yeah. Harris. Maybe this doesn't even matter because all the casinos are closed and who knows when they're reopened. But by the time we go back, I may feel like, oh, I really miss Ocean. It's been so long. <laughs> but what is the over-under date on when we get back to AC? Uh, I suspect the casinos are going to reopen and, and not too, too long. <laughs> that would be my guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think like, sometime in what early thinking? May. Like May uh, 1st or something. I don't know. I was going to say like late April, probably. I don't even think it's going to be that long. But uh, I bet we do something in the summer for sure. Yeah, so my summer was looking really rough because there was, like, back-to-back -back stuff, and I was taking a ton of leave, and I was going to be out of leave, except now some of that has been canceled or, or pushed back a full year, and so now it seems like I might actually have plenty of time. So I'll I'll tell you what, assuming everything seems like it's going to be fine, what I'd really like to do this summer, and this has not been run by wife or anyone, but it's been a long time since I've been in Vegas, Greg. Oh, boy. I don't think I have any cachet for that after last year. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's going to be my my goal. Assuming, like I said, everything is 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 fine and dandy, and, wow. and things are are better, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can make Vegas happen. I mean, you've got other people who you who are gambling friends that you could probably make that happen with. Yeah, but. that's. I mean, there's yeah, definitely my my best friend from Arizona State. I would I would definitely visit him verbally in Vegas. So. Yeah, I just can't imagine any way I would, I, I would be able to swing that a second year in a row. Maybe the next year, but mm -hmm. more power to you. Yeah, good luck if you can make that. I've, my, I still have a goal, even with all of this stuff going on, to make it to a non-New Jersey, Maryland casino. Even Pennsylvania, I feel like that doesn't really count. Like, you can't just go to parks. Like, that's Atlantic City adjacent. Oh, so I never I told do, you. Like, Connecticut or somewhere else or, yeah. Anyways. I, told, I went to uh, Charlestown Races and Slots, like, Why? a month ago. Because I was in West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> How did this not make it on the podcast? I, I forgot to bring it up. I mean, I was only there for like an hour because I had to go home to my family. But so it was. The, it was it that forgettable that you just completely forgot that you went? Yeah, it was. That was a good word for it. I mean, it's a casino like every other casino. I don't know. It was fine. It was totally fine. Everyone was nice, but wasn't there for that long and won 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 a bunch of money actually. Won oh, a nice. Couple hundred bucks. So. You know, growing up as we both did in Maryland, that was the casino, right? Like that, the all of the ads for casino-related stuff, except for I think I had a Baltimore Skipjacks little pouch mm -hmm. that had Harris Atlantic City on the back of it. Uh, 
but like all the ads on the radio and everything were Charlestown races and slots. Like that was the mm-hmm. closest casino because there was no casino gambling really anywhere else. But yeah, I mean, I haven't heard of anyone going to Charlestown races and slots in since any casinos have opened in Maryland or Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was fine. I mean, I wouldn't go out of your way if you live near MGM or or yeah. Horseshoe or whatever. That's that's my Charlestown races and slots review. Interesting. I mean, we've got some new stuff, but I feel like that could probably all. Just yeah, I, I think it can wait. Maybe. I don't know if you're you're available for it, but I'd say we should do another episode next week and then probably won't even cover everything then. But I suspect there will be a bunch of time with not very much news. So a whole bunch of time. We'll just record an episode every like three days that nobody's <laughs> listening to because they're not commuting. Yep. That sounds perfect. Yeah, that's what the people pay us for. I think that sounds our, good. Our, our Patreons. Yes, our many Patreons giving us <laughs> just we're just flush with cash. So really, you know, the losing. I don't know why I'm bothered by the losing because... So we'll we'll talk a little bit about the the casino closures next time. We'll talk about February data. We'll talk about online gambling. We'll talk about Trump Plaza. So we've got a bunch of stuff we need to talk about, but I think for now we can close this up. If you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. I've been denying a lot of stories recently. That's how I spend my time. <laughs> I think uh, we're like at under 50% success rate for people. Oh, it's for me, it's like... <laughs> one out of every five or six probably you can find all of our wonderful content or buy a shirt at do for uh you can find our our podcast on itunes Stitcher, google play TuneIn radio and spotify but not youtube reach out to craig on twitter at do for a win or me at kyle askin and send craig some questions at do for a win at gmail.com any last words before we get to boardwalk empire episode three craig any last words sounds much more ominous given the situation but no any I know. last words before you succumb to the coronavirus <laughs> Uh, no, let's get into Boardwalk Empire. I totally forgot we were going to talk about this, even though I have it in my notes. So literally watched it less than 24 hours ago. Yeah, as did I. I was watching it 24 hours ago. But uh, yeah, so just to do a quick rundown of the plot. Episode three. We, we mentioned last episode that there was a survivor of the shooting and he, before he unfortunately passed away, <laughs> uh, fingered Jimmy in the murder. And so... Immediately after he did that, somehow everyone in the universe knew that this had happened. But that's fine. That's yeah. probably actually true to life. So, yeah, Jimmy gets fingered in the murder. Everyone knows, whether it be the cops or Nucky or uh, Rothstein or whoever. So, Jimmy's in some unfortunate circumstances, and he has to end up skipping town and is heading towards Chicago at the end of the episode, where undoubtedly more fun and hijinks are going to happen. What did I miss? What big plot points? I think as far as, like, overall long-term story plot, like, that's it. I mean, there's stuff with the the battered housewife who's now got a job thanks to Nucky. There's stuff with Jimmy's mom, uh, who's still hot, by the way. Uh, she must have been like 16 when she had Jimmy. I don't understand the dynamic there. <laughs> like, she looks younger than Jimmy's wife. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of the main the main plot points, right? One thing I'll say, I got ready to watch the episode last night, sat down with a nice big bowl of ice cream, loaded it up, and the first thing that happens is, you know, greeted with dudes' guts hanging out of them. And then later, oh, yeah. later they're, like, sticking stuff into Lucky Luciano's pee hole. Because he's got the gonorrhea. And then, you know, the FBI dude's, like, grabbing the guy's entrails literally in the episode. Like, it was just not a good episode to be eating in. Uh, so, you know, I think after episode two, I was sort of like, maybe my wife would like to actually watch this show. And then after episode three, I was like, not a chance. You're very sensitive if that's all it takes for oh, you. Oh, no, no. Because that's I did way not over the top for me. I think this show is 
terribly graphic or anything at all. So mm, no, I, I was not feeling it. <laughs> uh, my key takeaway from the episode with lots of boardwalk stuff and the the French place where the housewife was working mm-hmm. and the the musical stuff that they talked about that uh, you know Nucky's girl is trying to get into some show. It seems like oh yeah. I thought you meant the the song about how much better dumb girls are yes. than smart ones. <laughs> yes. Uh, AC, super glamorous, I think Indeed. that's the main. 1920s Atlantic City, the most glamorous place probably you can possibly imagine. I have to say, get to meet Omar, who seems like he's going to be a pretty big character. For... <laughs> Omar. Have you watched The Wire? I have not seen The Wire, but I know who Omar is. Oh my goodness. I know, it's You're like terrible. I'm not even from Maryland. Uh, Chalky White. Uh, yeah, I, so I knew about, like, Chalky White's sort of character. Yes. So, so I was excited for him. I mean, he, he, we see, like, a second of him in the first episode. Yeah, episode one, yeah. He's in for a very brief matter. But this was the first real episode he's he's been in. And yeah. I can't believe you haven't watched The Wire. I think it is the best television show ever made. Mm. Nope, never seen it. It's, it's very good. I mean, do you have any any thoughts on on Chucky White and his crew and the race riot or race war that maybe is about to happen? All I know is that is not what Nucky wants because it's an election year. That's true. That's, that's what I was told. Chucky White using the adversity to get a better deal. Good for him. Uh, yeah, so like Chucky White's sort of helping Nucky turn liquor into more liquor. I think they said like what three hundred bottles into a thousand bottles or something like that, which tells it was like, you. I think it was five hundred into two thousand. Yeah. Tells you the quality of the liquor that you're probably getting at a at any local establishment in yeah. in probably any major city during Prohibition. But uh, you didn't talk about yet. I think I've done the scene of the episode. The last oh. two episodes, you have not brought up the scene of the episode. This episode, I think I might know what you're about to say. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Is it a Lucy the Elephant postcard? Oh, uh, it wasn't. But that uh, was very good when yeah, they were. Was. When they were uh, in the post office yes. reading other people's correspondence. <laughs> no, it was the six-second shot of uh, the federal agent eating dinner with his wife at home <laughs> when he got ordered to. <laughs> oh, man, so weird. The federal agent guy is so weird. <laughs> Van Alden. Yeah, very bad guy. So uh, good. So good. And really, like, they really make a good job of making you hate that guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, he's, he's like a creeper, and he's just like this weird... Just, like, over-the-top, by-the-rules guy, but also, like, really ruthless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The character development's good. Good times. The one thing I, was, I, I also sort of came away with this season was, like, throughout the episode, I was just like, I don't see how Jimmy lives for, like, even five more episodes, let alone another 50 episodes. Yeah, like, but he went to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, he was on a train to Chicago, so. Yeah, that's how you do it. So that's my thoughts on episode three. I don't have anything, anything else to add. Although I am very no. happy that there's like, we're still getting lots of boardwalky stuff. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I still, I still enjoy it. I think I, I'm sure I'm going to regret, you know, leading into episode four when it's time to do my homework again. I'll be like, oh, I don't want to watch this, but I was, you know, during and after the episode, I was really happy I watched it and I, I hope it continues. So the dumb thing to get like meta is like throughout the ep- throughout the two weeks between episodes is like oh I could really go for an episode of Boardwalk Empire and then oh, I really I, I, I don't I don't do that at all I'm just like don't do it until the night before and I'm like oh, I guess I need to do it and then I I'm happy the whole time I'm doing it though, yeah. so so then last night eleven whatever rolled around and I was like oh crap I need to watch this episode and it's so again it like felt like homework even though if I had done it any yeah. night before last night it wouldn't have so that's how I work procrastinator plus you know feel like any obligation or responsibility is like a giant drain on me 
And that's why we don't have a Patreon. Yeah. All right. Good episode. So. <laughs> anyway, we will talk to you guys next week. Right, Craig? Maybe. Okay. I like how we we'll went talk- from talking about possibly doing a podcast hiatus because of coronavirus to now doing like weekly on the clock. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you guys soon anyway. Yeah. We'll see how long this takes to get edited before we talk about doing an episode <laughs> next week. <laughs> Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we hope you all stay safe. You know what? I need more booze. Uh, you said you were getting booze in the G-chat. I decided to listen to some songs instead. Worst podcast ever. Okay, I'll be back. Yep. I literally have to walk 10 steps. You'll hear me pouring my drink. Cool. Whoa. Okay, I've got my knob creek. <laughs> I don't fully understand what the wood chipper really did to help you make a drink, but... <laughs>